Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Dwight Hawkins. We recorded this in Portland, Oregon last week. Get Up in the Cool is listener-funded. Shout-out to Miriam Bergman, Get Up in the Cool's newest Patreon supporter. Thank you so much, Miriam, and I hope you enjoy the weekly bonus track podcast. Let me know if you need help getting that to show up on your podcast app. To everyone who likes this show and wants me to keep making it, go to patreon.com slash getupinthecool. You can find the link in the show notes and sign up for a support level that you can sustain. Stick around afterwards and I'll tell you how to keep up with Dwight Hawkins. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Circle of fifths. <laughs> I'll be able to keep up with people like that. <laughs> 
Mike Hawkins, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you for having me. Yeah. For real. Thank you. Yeah, this is a hoot. Um, I think I first became aware of you from the Old Time Music Shitposting group. Yeah. <laughs> I, I started to see I, lurking on there. Yeah, I lurked on there. Yeah. Somebody's invited me. My buddy Andrew, he's a oh, yeah. mandolin player. He's the... Uh, He's the the Coley Jones of the what is it the twenty second century now. Now, Could you unpack that for me? Because I mean, this is not the music that we typically play on on the show, and so it's a welcome departure. But I don't know who Coley Jones is. Coley Jones was a black mandolin player who was uh, not only had his own solo projects, but he played with the uh, the Dallas String Band that has a you mean he. He's known for his parts and showpieces yeah. and country blues mandolin. And uh, this buddy from my Andrew from back home from that group we were talking about, he uh, he can play. He can play like Coley Jones. He's good right like on. that. And he's a very interesting character. I'm going to tell you a really weird side story before we go back into it. But, like, I'm kind of a scumbag hobo when I go riding trains and then... Sometimes I'll just be watching the news when I'm back in North Carolina and I see Andrew on the news explaining like all this tax infrastructure stuff he works for the IRS and he is brilliant and I didn't know you worked for the IRS. Yeah, and he's way into country blues and ragtime and is uh, very talented at mandolin. So uh, we we picked that one a little bit. Uh, yeah. The Dallas Rag or a lot of Coley Jones tunes. Um, there's uh, another one beyond the Dallas Rag or any of that. It's uh, Chasing Rainbows, which is one that you and I have actually practiced a little bit, and yeah. that's like kind of a mandolin showpiece, the same as the Dallas Rag. It's for the Dallas String Band, uh, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm in the I mean, we country should, should, blues and southern music, and that's what I do. Yeah, we, we should play that in a little bit. I'm curious, you said something the last time that we got together, and uh, something that, you know, was like affecting to my sensibilities, you know, uh, because I, I was going on and on about how much I loved Chasing Rainbows, Yeah, uh, that song, and I think you used the word... <laughs> I'm going to censor myself. Right. I believe you said N-word-ish um, in order to describe maybe that song or the performance of that song and some other songs in that vernacular. And you put me in an instant state of, am I allowed to like this? And also, what does that mean? And I... <laughs> well, you are absolutely allowed to like it. <laughs> well, we go ahead and say that. But like, there's other little nuances and stuff like... Uh... I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I know in, in old-time, like, fiddle string band music, like, where the boundaries are. I have no idea what I'm doing in this kind of <laughs> in this kind of music. You know what I mean? Well, uh, with regard... So, hokum and jug band and, like, early black string band music, you definitely weren't allowed, like, good instruments to play. A lot of times you had to build and make your own... So that is where you find common occurrence in coon tunes or in black string band music of like the wash tub bass or like yeah. I do that. Uh, I teach how to build a bunch of string band instruments that are 
it's musical hardware, so it's just made out of trash, pretty much. Like you were made just out saying of how you teach people how to make washboard bases, and you uh, taught someone and they the washtub base. Yep. Oh, I can teach you how to do that. No, you're all good. But like, I mean, you know, I teach how to build washtub bases and how to play the bones and all that stuff because it makes. Uh, you know what I mean? You want to go buy instruments and stuff like that, and it can get pricey and expensive. And also, a lot of music uh, is intimidating because you can make music out of you can make a banjo out of a tin can if you wanted to, sure. or whatever. You can make a washtub bass out of just you mean it's a laundry machine from nineteen eighteen thirty yeah. or whatever. Like yeah. you can make all of those things, but. Uh, what is pressed in the public school system, which is where a lot of folks get their first exposure to like any kind of music sure. or string band music, or like it's like you, it's not just rock and roll and playing power chords and punk rock. You like it's like you have to learn how to do it within, uh, you have to learn how to read it and translate it. And it's the same thing mechanically if you learn how to do that on the street with a bunch of buddies and just call chords back and forth. And then you don't have to necessarily be able to read sheet music, but beyond not having to read sheet music, if you can hear where the notes fall in the scale, then it's not as restrictive uh, music. It's sure. not like put on a pedestal that, and there's no whole, like you don't have to climb this mountain to learn how to do it and finally yeah. you're there. You can just like play folk music, which is what it is. It's common folk music for the people. So if you have like, let's say a handsaw at your house and a spoon or something or a bow, if you can figure out how to get a bow, you can make a sound. Or if you have like a bucket or a tub uh, it makes music a lot more accessible and people get intimidated a lot of times I've noticed because they don't understand the linguistics of actually reading sheet music and you don't have to read it in order to play it. Yeah. Like you can you can hear it and play it. Like there's no frets on this, so like there's no way I can really yeah, you have to hear it. mess this up. <laughs> yeah. Or on like a wash tub you know what I mean there's no frets, it's where you stretch it to where you hear the notes. So. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I wanted to like play in like a G minor, I'd be like, like I'd call you every note for that song. That's a finished waltz in G minor that a lot of folks that street perform are very familiar with called Metsukukia. It's a finished waltz. It's the forest flower waltz, but like that was about the first one when I had to figure out notes. And not have to know chords. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate so, that you're talking about like. It's just about accessibility mostly. It's not about me being better because music isn't a competition, nor has it ever been. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Somebody might have a technique or understand a technique better, but it's not a competition. It's not a race. There's no finish line. It's about like getting together and just playing it. You know? Yeah. The, the audacity to have a pleasure oriented attitude about music right yeah. <laughs> that's what it's all about yeah. yeah i like to come home and be like i'm done with i can shed my day i'm not on a roof i'm not fucking with framing anybody's house i don't all that shit's done i can do this thing that yeah you know, i mean we can all sit around after work in like a you know, I mean, a less stress-filled environment maybe have a couple whiskeys and call chords back and forth yeah. And uh, and make something that 
that wasn't until we were all tired after work and decided to do it. I appreciate that, like, you're talking about the the theory being potentially, or, or the dominant theory of music being, like, intimidating, and you're, com- and you're drawing a connection between that and the inaccessibility of the, the resources, like, well, literally getting instruments, and then you're talking about, like... I'm not trying to get down on theory, because I know that you, like, know, like, for me, when I use theory, I have to, like, go and sit for, like... A long time and then transpose songs if somebody's like figure this out whereas like I know that you like focus on theory and can teach and do teach like so yeah but you know this and I wish I were gifted like that because it's like a whole like I said it's its own separate language and like it's not hard to pick it apart but you have to for some folks it takes more time whereas, there's a big difference between charting the circle of fifths and being able to play it and I could try it all day long, but we all just heard me try to <laughs> try to play through the circle. You play the fuck out of it. Yeah, you kill it. Uh, kill it, kid. I I appreciate what you're saying about because you're going to play some saw in a little bit, and I can't wait. I, I appreciate that you're you're talking about these homemade instruments. It, it's almost like expensive instruments, uh, luthier instruments. People play them almost to have like a, disso- a dissociation from their from their own body and and well there's folks that buy really fancy instruments yeah. and like it's like I said music's not a competition and it's like yeah like what are you like are you gonna <laughs> are you gonna use that are like, you gonna play fancy thing? on them like <laughs> yeah. are you gonna make that thing ring or yeah. not you know what I'm saying like I don't like it doesn't matter I fucking Played so many shitty K guitars and Stellas and fucking Sears guitars yeah. and silver tones and stuff that just have horrible action, but you have to play through the sh- how shitty your in- how poorly your instrument is in order to you know what I mean. It was like, well, now I know that if it's raining outside and this thing's all yeah. messed up, then I can still like pick it. You yeah. know what I mean, like. And a lot of what I do with even on this stuff, I don't necessarily traditionally play like the tenor banjo or the mandolin. Like I finger pick everything. Like and then when you say finger picking, what is finger picking? I was just like one day I said I want to learn a finger pick, so I'm not going to use a pick anymore. Yeah. And that's how I've approached most instruments that I've learned to play up until then. You learn mechanically the notes, and then you stylize it with your picking hand. And that's what I've done. And then, like, I got, I street perform a lot. So, like, you get bored playing guitar when you're out street performing anywhere in America and everybody's got a guitar. So, what can you do to make yourself more notable and more noticeable? Like, there's different ways to do that. Like, you can come up with a big band and, like, then it's a spectacle because you've got a lot of people and more sound. It's louder. Or... Like, uh, I decided that instead of learning, like, relearning violin or whatever, or instead of, like, just going out with a guitar every day, I would go out. I went to a yard sale up here in northeast Portland, uh, right by the five, you know what I'm saying, right not far. And I bought a 
I bought a, like three or four saws with my buddy Dustin years ago, and they were like a dollar a piece at a yard sale from a lady who had kicked her husband out and was like <laughs> selling all this selling all this shit <laughs> yeah. for super cheap. So I bought my first hand saw like that, but I wanted something more exotic than just going out and playing guitar because I can like no matter how bad I can whip down the guitar and you I mean play this shit like. Every motherfucker you gonna see out on the corner has got a guitar. Yeah. Them motherfuckers who don't even like go out street performing, they just be sitting on the ground in a puddle. You know what I'm saying? That don't present themselves like they're actually performing. They still got a guitar and they're just spare changing with the guitar. You know what I'm saying? So I had to find something else that was more exotic. And so it is an arresting sound. It is. It's my my acoustic theremin. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It let's, is. Let's play another song. What do you want to play next? Uh, well, speaking of guitar, since we were, uh, um, yeah, we why don't we try and pick one of them? I just got to find the guitar. Oh, it's behind you there, yeah. Do you remember that old tune by Blind Willie McTell, Pal of Mine? Yeah. I, I think we went over this last time I saw you. Let me see if I can remember. Well, we'll get into it, and you can edit it out, or yeah, you can just yeah. keep going, but it's the one that starts in C. Down that old lover's lane 
there I will kiss your lips so divine Let me revel in your charms while I linger in your arms Call me back to your heart, sweet pal of mine <laughs> Maybe we can make that work. That's great. Uh, I think that it's interesting that this that this song. I'm I'm going to assume I'm going to be heteronormative for a second, and I'm going to assume that this is a song from a man to a woman. It would appear that way, but I don't think it was a song from a man to his wife. It well, was sure. like it was a song he liked a lot, but I don't. So he and Kate McTill, like he yeah. married his, like this person that he loved for however long, and I don't really know how that ended up because he ended up dying, like, you know, I mean, broken. Yeah. I mean, making his last recordings for like quarts of whiskey. Yeah. And just being discovered on the streets. I'm not discovered because he'd already put out re- recordings, but they found him like. I mean, about three months before he died, he was like made his last recordings for a small sum of money and some quarts of corn. A quart of corn. He talks about that shit. Yeah. Um, A lot. They drank a lot or whatever. But uh. So so maybe he recorded with Kate McTell, and she a lot of the material that they recorded when he was recording with his wife was like very Jesusy and like yeah. Very Bible thumpy, yeah. Like, and I love it. Like you yeah. know, it's awesome, but it's uh, also very Bible thumpy. It's like sure, which you know, you take it however you want to take that, right? Yeah, you know, but you can tell like when he's like, it's different when he's not recording with his wife. So are you saying that like say the word pal? Is specifically saying it's like side piece, like that's like how he's using it. I don't know what a side piece is because I don't, I don't know what a side piece is. <laughs> I don't have any. You're, I've never really. You're too pure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too innocent, <laughs> Dwight Hawkins. <laughs> Dwight Hawkins doesn't know what a side piece is. What is a side piece? I, I just mean, don't know. Oh yeah, don't yeah. have one. <laughs> don't even, don't even yeah, know okay. about what a side piece is. Well, all infidelity aside, I think that using the word pal. Uh, oh no, I think he really loves this woman. Is how what I think the inspiration for this song is. I think he actually like when he says he's like call, call, like when you want somebody to come back. It's whatever. I got fucking my life's all fucked up anyway. I'm like. When you sit and reminisce about a good time that somebody really care about them, it's like different. It's like yeah. So when he's like call me, he might call her a pal or might be yeah. whoever it is. He's like spending his time with him. It might be a fucking some dude from work or whoever the hell it is. But it's like this song doesn't necessarily always apply to like a lover. It yeah. Can be like you know what I mean like. Like my dead homeboys and shit. Yeah. Like it's the same thing, but it's just like ly- lyrically, it's call me back, pal of mine. Let me live once again. Call me back to your heart, sweet pal of mine. 
you were one so kind and true, so I am always thinking of you. And them days that have gone by. So let us roam once again down that old lava plain. And there I will kiss your lips so divine. And you are kind and you are true, so I am always thinking of you. So call me back to your heart, sweet pal of mine. Like it really just applies to any friend that you've ever lost yeah anyone who's ever gone away and you want back in your life it doesn't really have it's not like overtly sexual like a lot of shit is like you can be like sure like jelly roll and songs like that you know i mean those are like let me get up in your guts you know what i'm saying like like, come my my jelly roll is sweet yeah (laughs) you know it can't be beat I know you want it. You yeah. can't have it. I ain't going to give you none. Like, there's shit like that. But then there's like... There's a kiss in this song, but I guess you're saying we don't necessarily have to interpret this kiss as... There's nothing wrong with kissing... Of course. Dudes, either. Yeah. Platonically or otherwise. You want, however you want. I mean, get it whichever <laughs> yeah. way you can, man. Like, you know, be happy. For real. Like, yeah. whichever way you can. I fucking do it however you want to do it. Yeah. Like, be happy and be real. Make sure that the people that you love know that you love them. You know what I mean? That's what I think. I'm glad you went there, because I was trying to say something that, like, is maybe, like, a little bit shallower. Uh, But you took it real deep, and I really appreciate that. But I was just trying to say, I think... I think we should start calling uh, people of all genders pal again. Because I feel like it got relegated to men (laughs) and and boys. I... I think we should call we'll everyone call pal. pal. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm into we that. Just start doing it. <laughs> Everyone's a pal. For real. Yeah. Keep your pals close. Yeah. Pal am I. What a lovely song. And what a... What a, uh, a deeply emotive song. Yeah, uh, yeah, it makes me cry. On that note, you showed me this Chasing Rainbow song, and, and I fell in love with it. And then you, I guess as you want to do, you sort of... As I was talking about how much I liked it, you were like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a song about life and death. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't know it was that ex- existential it either. kind of really happy, like, happy yeah. and fun. And it's like, no, man, like, it's, uh, it's kind of it's kind of a sad song. It depending upon where you're at in your life. And yeah. You're looking at it, like, what perspective you've got. But if you want to play it, you want me, I can do it on tenor and then... Switch it up, or I can oh, do. Oh well, I do it in F. Do you do it in F in both instruments? I think I can. I just have to check real quick. Just give me one second. Okay.
Bass parts on that stuff is like bowed, so it really stands out and pops. Yeah, uh, I was all of the like uh, and his tremolo. Like I can't even pull that shit. I got a mandolin here, and I can't like pull the tremolo technique that he pulls with. It that, makes the whole world like vibrate until it's about to fall apart. It's how good he was on that mandolin. Is the bowed bass tip like? I don't think I've ever heard that before in that kind of. Man, is that typical? It is not generally because yeah. you would think it would be hokum. So you'd have either like somebody like upright, like it's bowed upright, um, like full body bass. But you would think that somebody would be playing like a tub for yeah. the kind of hokum style music. Uh, like he did the Coley, uh was also responsible for was it the Drunkard's Prayer or whatever? It's like about like a, a head on it this is like i've never seen before or honey or sweetie it's real not corny it's just funny and like extremely entertaining stuff but with jug band and string band music you find that a lot like i've been trying to uh get courtney into like fred sanford who is red fox red fox uh Red Fox used to tour around America with Big Bill Brunzi and with uh, and with uh, Bessie Smith from Chattanooga, Tennessee. They'd just all get an old Buick or whatever the old car was back in the 30s and you know, they'd just drive the Chitlin circuit and so it wasn't just uh, the string band music. You'd have comedians running right. that same circuit and you'd all tour together and run around the country together. Yeah, I wasn't... Because I'm 
so ignorant and sheltered. I wasn't aware you're of not. the. Uh, you are not. I wasn't aware Stop. of the Chitlin circuit until literally like a few months ago, because I watched the um, the Eddie Murphy Dolomite biopic, mm-hmm. and he talks all about like he's like I want to get out of doing the, the Chitlin circuit, you know, and like trying to break through this and, sort of ceiling. Yeah, Rudy Ray Moore Dolomite. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Petey Wheatstraw, Della Sun and all. <laughs> yeah, we had yeah, that. That's that's awesome. We watched a little bit of it recently. Uh, yeah, the uh, Chitlin Circuit was just a circuit that black musicians, like pretty much below the Mason Dixon, could run and feel safe. And, yeah, and entertain. You know, I mean, might not be for the same amount that you'd be right. Collecting, playing at white clubs and stuff like that. You get that. to make the art that you want to. You make. get to make the art for uh, an audience that's absolutely inset- accepting and wants to be entertained. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like, like you want to be there. Uh, you I mean you save up all week, making half of what you're. You mean you make half of what everybody else makes, and you still save it all week so you can go to the liquor house and see a jug band and listen to comedy and shit like that yeah. that's cool I always ad- you know, really admired folks that like made it through harder times than I've had to deal with you sure know, in far more like oppression and just you know I mean like oh like that just hard I don't have it that bad you know I mean I, I, I recreationally ride freight trains and shit. Yeah. I don't have to go like <laughs> pick cotton or tobacco or sure. shit. Like the uh, hardest thing is when I like cut my hand open at work and then I got to play a show or something and the yeah. string sticks where you right where you cut your hand open. Life ain't that hard. But for a lot of people, for a long time. Life was very hard, and so music was a way to escape all that. You yeah. know what I mean? The fucking moon crickets. I, you'll have to unpack that for me. I, I don't know about the moon crickets. I think you should probably let your viewers and listeners do their own research into what a moon cricket is. Okay. Because it's probably inappropriate for me to describe. Okay. They used to call black fucking niggers fucking out in the fields and shit playing like banjo. They would call that's what moon crickets means? Hell yeah. You know that shit? There's bands called moon crickets. Yeah, that's what it was. There's it was like, more slurs. Oh, I can hear the fucking <laughs> moon crickets out there in the field. And it was because yeah. of the jigaboos, because we were out there picking banjo and yeah. shit and like playing fiddle. And that is where the term moon cricket came yeah. from. And that is what that is. So, like, it might sound like a funny band name or something right. like that, but really it's uh, another one of those slurs that's just been let slide for sure. forever. But yeah. I also plan to start a band called the Moon Crickets just to rub it in everybody's oh, yeah. face because I <laughs> really actually enjoy weird racist humor. Not I, racist humor, but you know what I mean? It's all with a grain of salt. But I mean, that's for, where the term Moon Cricket comes from. For, from for, all the hate, for all the hate in, you know, in the conceiving of that term, it sounds like it was a, a term born in jealousy. Well, in when, a way, you know, it's like, oh, wow, I wish I had culture. <laughs> I wish I had music. I wish I had community. If you really get in the research in like old time, and like not necessarily old time, but like 
old street performing bands and stuff like that, especially in the South. It might have been extremely segregated in other parts of the country, but one thing that the South stood out for was like, we're all poor. We're all getting fucked. So like you would see black and white stream band performers, street performing all over the South during Reconstruction and before even well before you know what I mean like uh, yeah. you play like fiddling banjo tunes and stuff like that and a lot of times there'd be like a random black dude just clicking the bones like you know what I mean with the band but it's because you all had to make it it wasn't because like this guy needs a bunch of money and it was like we all are in the same boat and it's the same now I just don't street perform as much yeah. I had kids and I quit playing as much as I should Will you tell me how you got into playing traditional music? Because I don't know if I actually know that story. Like, when did you start playing old music? I used to play, like, uh, like, I used to play electric guitar and shit. I used to play, like, metal and, like, punk rock stuff. And then then, uh, you can't travel. You can't, like, hop on a freight train easily when I got in a traveling like, well it's different now I can't just like hop on Norfolk Southern boxcar or fucking whatever it was in the south at the time CSX or something you can't just like hop on it with like a bass amplifier or like a giant amp and like a guitar and like all these chords and pedals and you usually can like how you gonna play it and so I got yeah. into hanging around jungle fires with like other hobos and stuff and learning songs word of mouth and the, yeah. you know I mean if I already knew how to play the chords and then it was just like folks teaching me a little bit by a little bit so there are people like on the trains uh playing like blind Willie McTell songs and stuff there are uh I don't know like so I'm older now um and a lot of the friends i used to ride with and play with they don't really make their dead or they don't make the rounds the same way they used to make them sure but yeah that's how it happened it was like okay uh, i know about trains i know how to play a guitar i'm gonna figure out how to get from portland down the LA and then right. ride the sunset route across to New Orleans and mess around everywhere in between there. That was ain't nobody's dirty business. I'll find something else. How about the Oh can we do that my gal Sal so that you can play the so you can play the uh, the saw. Yeah, what key do you want to do it in Because I I practiced it in G. So I'll play it mandolin. Cool, uh, yeah. Another little sippy and I'll be real good. Okay. Ready? Yeah, do it. All right, babe. Thank you for letting me play with you. Yeah, likewise.
You sound real good. Likewise, I've uh, never played with a saw player before, ever. Hey, well, here we go. That was fucking great. Here we go. Thank <laughs> what you. Is, what an incredible sound. What is, it's so good. What the hell I have made Acoustic therapy. That's a lot of fun. Okay, so we have time for one more tune, but before we go, just want to tell everyone to check the show notes for links for ways to contact you, to hire you for stuff, and to uh, yeah, get a hold of you and to keep up with uh, what you're up to musically. So, uh, uh, yeah. My telephone number okay, is 504-442-9520. Once again, my personal contact telephone number, you want to get up, man, like send me a text. You want to come to your house and play a show? You want me to play a wedding? You want me to play a funeral? I'll be there. 504. A barn raisin? A barn burning. Call me up. 504-442-9520. Do it. For real, call me. I will do this for you. I'll play this for your children. in like all these kids movies and stuff it's like <laughs> what do you know what that song's about <laughs> sadness hard times I mean that was great <laughs> but I would love to play uh, we talked about playing you gonna fuck with a Finnish waltz in G minor that one cause then once you learn the banjo part it'd be sick I, I would love to do that but you so, you said that is, maybe we could do is this live or are we just chill okay yeah, oh, yeah let's do is Let, let's, live okay let's, yeah can we end on, uh, song? on that
country boy just strolling your town. As a country boy and I just strolling your town. I'm a country boy and I just strolled in your town. Been picking your cotton now I'm walking round. So won't you make me down, pallet on your phone. Play it, baby. Make 
If you want to contact Dwight Hawkins to book him for your festival or concert series, you can reach him at 504-442-9520. That number is in the show notes for this episode. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. You can order a mask, t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up in the Cool's merch store. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional Clawhammer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. It's available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool.